Tonight, like I said, we want to, this is the last part of the whole series of talking about being weird. And as we have I've looked at it and we've talked about it, we've, we've talked that the norm really is in life to live like the world. The world teaches us to do this, this is right. The world tells us to do these things and we just think, okay, well that's what I'm going to do. You know, we watch Hollywood, we watch things on TV and we think that that's the way we ought to live. Even look at how some of us may dress. You know, and we get those things from what we see on TV because we think that's cool. We think that that's what we're supposed to do. But who's told us that? The world. It just shows us how much we get from the world. And again, like I said, we want to look at tonight talking about being weird. And tonight's focus is on the world desires. As we talk about the world desires. And sometimes we have to understand something that, you know what? Weird is better. Weird is definitely being better. And I know for those who may not have been here for the last two weeks before this, you've been wondering, well, what are you talking about being weird? Well, we've been talking about being weird. We've talked about the whole concept of understanding the look. We as Christians, as those who say that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are to be different than the world. You see, it's easy for me and you to fall in the trap of being in the world. Even as we, like I said at the beginning, talking about our song, Jesus Free. Nobody wants to be called a freak. No one wants to be called soft. No one wants to be called these things. But you know what? It's what God wants us. God doesn't tell us to just, now let me just say it, God doesn't say to be soft. But God tells us to be different. And we are going to be calling in. because the Bible is very clear. As we'll look at later tonight, we will be persecuted for our faith. So we're going to look at two points that we've looked at already. And the first one says, if you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. Follow the things of this world. Or, if you want what few people have, do what few people do. If you remember, we talked about in, in Matthew, and I don't have that verse tonight, but we talked about Matthew and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He said that many will fall. Many is on this road that leads to destruction. And there are few that are on this road that lead to eternal life. So it's very clear to us that we have to be different. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, this is what it tells us. It says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. It's clear right there what Jesus, what Peter is saying, and as he repeats what Jesus said, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We are to be just like Christ as believers. Paul tells us in, in um, Ephesians, he tells us about being imitators of him. You ever played that game as a kid and you probably still do it when you imitate everything that somebody does and it annoys the mess out of them? You know what I'm talking about? When you like, somebody just raised their hand and you got to do the same thing. You know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to raise my hand because that's what you did. Isn't that annoying? It's very annoying, right? But you know what? We are to imitate Christ. We are to imitate Christ in that way. We, as Christians... For the word Christian means little Christ. We got to be little Christ going into this world. If we could just go back to um, verse 15, so we could just look at that very quickly. 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. You see, what happened is this shows us a contrast. Because we have to recognize that before we came to know Christ as Savior, we lived a certain way that was not pleasing to God. And that's what it talks about in verse 14. Your former ignorance, your former passions of this world. You followed everything in the world. That was your passion. But because you have Christ as your Savior, that's supposed to change. It's not supposed to be the world as your passion, but it's supposed to be God as your passion. And I think sometimes, you know, we try to do, we try to live as close to the world as we possibly can without crossing that line. That's what we do. We're gonna, we say, well, you know what? I'm going to go as close as possible to this line and I'm not going to cross it. But that's not what God tells us. God is telling us to be different. We ought to be holy. We ought to be righteous. We ought to be completely different as the contrast he uses is light and darkness. If we turn on the light in here, it'll be dark. You turn on a light, it'll be light. It's no, it's a big difference there. It's a big contrast that we need to recognize. But why do we conform to this earth? Why, is we, why do we conform? Well, because we have a constant pressure to conform. As in Psalms 69, verses 9 to 12, it says, For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who approach me have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled, my soul was fastened, it became my reproach. When I made a sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the talk of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. Here the psalmist is saying, look, I am the talk of the town. And you know what? None of us like to be the talk of the town, right? Who likes to be the talk of the town? You, yeah? No way. It's right in your head. All right. No one wants to be the talk of the town. But here it is. We see something. That when we understand, when we come to know Christ, we are going to be talked about. Because we're different. You ever really seen anyone talk about someone who lives in the world? You know, most of the time we don't hear that. But when someone's trying to live a Christ, we always find fault with them. We always find fault with, with the people who are, who are living for Christ. How many of you have ever been told negative about yourself from someone in church? Anyone ever been there? You're, you're, you've been there, right? But do you want me to tell you something? Or anyone. You want me to tell you something? When you pursue Christ, you're going to be talked about. If I follow Christ 100%, I know that people are going to talk about me. And this is the constant pressure to conform. The inward pressure is, I need to please. The need to please. You know, because that's what we want to do. Everyone in this room, I don't care who you are, you want to please people. At some, at some point in your life. You want to please someone. And the outward pressure is criticism. We know that once we say we're living for Christ, there is going to be criticism. Because you know what happens? We, are, we have a microscope on us. It's just like this. If we were playing basketball tonight, and some of us was playing basketball out there, and you all heard me say a bad word, a word that we consider a curse word, and I saw the jaws just drop. What would you all think? Someone said nothing? Huh? Accident happened? Wow. That's good to know, man. Well, let's be real. What would you all go home and tell your parents? Man. They can say, this, 
I can be calling Pastor Lee office, not even they. Pastor Lee will make a special trip on Saturday morning for me. I might have to go there tonight. Because you know what happened? Boy, Nicholas, that new you pastor they got in there, man, he just cusses out in the court and everything. Am I right? You see, but if there's somebody from the world, if there's somebody else who we did not know, and they were cursing, you may not have nothing to say. You see, because y'all expect me to be different. Just like, that's not just for me. But everyone in this room who calls himself a believer, a Christian, you are up to that same standard. Yes, I have a higher standard than that because I just want to be directing you. But each one of us is a Christian. We are to live for Christ. We are to live to be holy. And I forgot to stop there, but what is the definition of holy? Anyone know? What is the definition of holy? Hmm? Sinless. Well, ain't none of sinless, but... What's another definition of holy? Set apart. To be set apart. To be different. That's what holy is. To strive to be like Christ. That's what we strive to be. So we look at the first part, the inward pressure, the need to please. And Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. You see, this is our problem today. We are so scared of what people are going to say about us when we take a stand for God. That's our biggest problem. In school, wherever we are at work, at home, we have this constant pressure because we want to please those that we are, to- that we are friends with. Y'all heard me say this before. Y'all heard me say this a couple of weeks ago. When you're with your group of friends and everyone is there talking about this person, Nobody wants to take a stand and say, you know what? You're wrong for that. You know what? That's wrong what you're doing. Because we know what's going to happen. Insults are going to come. People are going to say, man, hey, what happened? You want them, um, them Bible thumpers, eh? You want them people who don't carry the Bible around, eh? Yeah, you'll never heard that word, eh? That's a, how the old people were. Sorry for that. But you know what? We say, man, but you want, what happened? You want to beat someone over the Bible, eh? That's what, we, that's what come out of people's mind. Or they call you a freak. Or they call you a punk. They say you like money. Yeah, see that all the time, mate. Sorry. <laughs> but you know, the point of what I'm trying to make is this. We are to be different. And you want me to tell you something? Is that, and this is what we need to understand. Just because someone wants to be different doesn't mean that something is wrong with them. Let me say that again. Just because someone wants to be different does not mean that something is wrong with them. Because if I want to take a stand for Christ, you know what? I am going to be different. People are going to talk about me. And let me tell you something tonight. If you are here tonight and you don't know Christ, let me tell you something. This is, this is what I want to tell you. If everyone likes you, if everyone likes you, let me just tell you something. You are doing something wrong. If everyone likes you, if all your friends like you, and everyone in school like you, you are doing something wrong. Because you're not taking a stand for Christ. Y'all understand that? I see some people laughing over there, but I, I hope they're laughing at a joke I just told. But that's what, that's what we need to understand. We need to understand that everyone is not going to like us. The outward criticism pressures, the outward pressures, criticism. In John chapter 15, verse 18, if the world hates you, Know that it has hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Very clear and simple there. Jesus talking, saying, guess what? Why are we surprised that you are hated in this world? Because you know what? They hated me first. And like I said, what Paul says is that we have to be imitators. So if we are imitating Christ, people will hate us. People will hate you. And I know we don't like to hear that word, but people will hate you because you know what? You're not supposed to fit in here on this earth. This is just a passing place for me and you. This isn't our home as a Christian, as a believer. We are just passing by. And we must remember again in, in verse 20, it says, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So as a believer, we are to what? Keep what? God's word. We are to live for Christ. We are to follow Christ. We are to try to be like him 100%. Are we going to fail? Yes, we will. Again, that's why we have a God who is faithful and just to forgive us when we do fail. And I'm, let me just tell you something. I'm not talking down to you. I'm talking to myself as well. You know what? Because so many times you may think that whoever's up there is just talking down to you. No, I'm not talking down to you because I have to do the same thing. I have to check myself in and make sure that I'm living right. Because again, like I just said, some of you may be looking at me. And you may be looking for me to fall. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are going to be times when I am going to fall. I'm not perfect. There are other times when youth leaders fall. We're not perfect. You're not perfect. So of course, we're going to fall. But we are to strive to be holy and righteous. Again, the outward criticism is this, found in Matthew. And I want us just to listen to this for a second. Because this is something that blows my mind because you know what? We don't think this way. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Stop there for a second. Did I just read that right? They told me that I am blessed because I am persecuted. We don't look at it like that, right? How many of y'all could honestly say, yes, I'm glad I got persecuted today. Praise the Lord I got persecuted. Nobody. Nobody. But that's what Jesus is saying. And this is Jesus talking to on the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on, and don't stop there. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and other call you all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Let me stop there. How many of you have ever had people lying about you? Everybody's hand went up in the room. How many of you like to be lied about? And everyone's hand went down in the room. Nobody wants to be lied about. Nobody wants to be talked about. But you know what we have to understand with these verses saying, look, when people do talk about you, because our worldly mind says, let me get even. You know what? You make up a lie about me. <laughs> I can make up a better story about you. 
You know, we can have this back and forth because I ain't letting you get away with that. No. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and not all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. So if people are talking about you because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, you know what? Be happy. Because that's another word for blessed. Be happy about it. And I know <laughs> that ain't sounding too good. I know that don't sound right to me and you, because in our minds, our minds tell us, let me beat you up. I'm tired of you talking about me. Again, it doesn't stop there. Verse 12. Rejoice and be glad for your great reward is heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecute the prophets who were before you. Again, Jesus is saying, look, do not be surprised at this. Because they persecuted my prophets before you. Before me. They already did that. So they're going to do it to you as my followers. Again, be weird. Be different. Don't let our world consume us. Don't let our world tell us how we are to live. This is where we go to find out how we are supposed to live. The Word of God. This is the manual. You see, talking about Super Bowl, talking about football, at the beginning of the year, every, every football team gives every player something. And it's called a playbook. A manual. You see, God gave me and you a manual. He gave me and you a playbook. This is what we're supposed to know. This is how we're supposed to live. If you ever wonder how you're supposed to live as a believer, read God's Word. This is the manual to life. And you know what? I know sometimes what we think and we say, you know what? This book is so boring. But let me tell you something. There ain't no book that's still a number one bestseller. This book has been a bestseller for many, many years. And still is. And the question for me and you is, what are we doing with that? Because there are people around the world who don't have a Bible. How many of you have three and four Bibles at home? There are some people around the world who don't have one. So you know what that means for me and you? We have a great responsibility as a believer. I mean, we are so high tech now that I know that I see an iPad and iPod, I just hope that they looking at the Bible. I hope so. And the last point is this. Tonight. I can't please everyone, but I can please God. Let me just tell you something about this, this whole thing. I can't please everyone, but I can please God. If I change myself for this group of friends, then this group of friends ain't going to like me. You ever seen a fight when it's three or, you know, three or four friends and you start to take sides? <laughs> and you know what happens? You one way with this group of friends, then on, when you're talking to this friend, yeah, yeah, you know, man, Trevor, yeah, that's true, by Trevor, but I tell you about him. Man, you don't, well, you don't know. And then, when they're talking to Trevor, yeah, by Trevor, I ain't gonna lie, but that ain't nothing to do with you, but it's homeboy over here, it's his fault. But you see, they just lied to Trevor, and they lied to the other person. Because you know what? They're trying to please themselves. They're trying to please the people they're talking to. And that's why we have to understand, this is so important. I cannot please everyone, but I can please God. 
And this is why weird is better. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 says this, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. So the question for us in this whole study as we close tonight is this. Who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to please? The Bible is very clear. You can't serve two masters. God says you're either with me or you're against me. You're either part of light or you're part of darkness. It's no in-between. It's nothing in-between. If you're trying to be in-between, let me just tell you something. You are living in darkness because there's no such thing as in-between. You're either all in or all out. And the choice is yours. The, the, the question tonight is this. What do I want to do? Who do I want to please? You know, even, again, even as, as we were singing these songs and we were talking about how great is our God. You know, I wonder so many times if, if we really mean those words. Because if we really meant how great is our God, we would do all that we can to bring glory to Him. It would be all about Him. Our lives would be about Him. So tonight as we go into our small groups, and I left those papers in the office, but as we go into our small groups, I want us to really think about this. I want us to really talk about this. You see, we don't have small groups just because, you know, well, that's just, we want to kill some time. We are small groups because we want to get to know you better. We are small groups so that we can grow together. <clears throat> so tonight as we break up in our small group, I really want us to remember what we have learned these last three weeks. That weird is truly better. It's better for me to be weird than normal. And again, like I said, that doesn't sound like what, we'd like what we want to hear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Father, we just pray tonight, even as we close this series, that we think about the whole concept of being weird, that we would recognize, Father, just how sinful we are. How truly scared we are of the outside world because we want to fit in. We want to try to, to be a part of the world, but also a part of you. Father, we know that your word tells it doesn't work that way. That we have to be with you in the light or with the darkness. Father, I pray that tonight, even as we go in our small groups, pray that you'd open up our hearts, our conversations. Father, I pray that we would just honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.